Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Don, and Dude. What's new? It's the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I got Andy and Don with me. Andy, how are you doing? Doing great, buddy. I was kind of waiting for Don to jump in with the... Uh What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are yeah, I, I, I fought the urge. Himself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he had a vein popped in his forehead. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm doing good, doing good. I'm just, uh, you know, over here generating content for all the AI bots to farm. So Aren't we all? Our, keeping our overlords happy. Well, they are the greatest, and I fully support them. Wink, <laughs> wink, that's for the future. I'm safe. <laughs> Don, how you doing? Nobody likes 2023. What was that stupid song? Nobody likes you when you're 23. Is that like Sublime yeah. or something? Or Blink 182? Oh, uh, that's. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. That's Blink 182. Nobody likes you when you're 23. What's my age again? Okay, What's that was my age a, again. Yeah, yeah, that was a dark time. Yeah, well, someone uh, brought me roses, boy, the stairs. So it made me feel better. <laughs> That's how you know she cares. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough nonsense. This is the Album Nerds Podcast. We enjoy and love the album format and talking about albums. Today we have a great show. We're going to be uh, talking about some new release albums. But first, we're going to go over our listening week. What did we encounter on our travels? We'll go over our individual album selections. Then we're going to answer a question that's loosely related to today's topic. And then we're going to spin the Wheel of Musical Destiny to find out what we're going to talk about next time. But it's all about those new releases today. That's what I'm talking about! Well, we've already discussed some interesting albums from 2023. Back in episode 195, we explored Eve's Tumor. Remember remember that? It's not a tumor. Yes. Praise a Lord who chews, but which does not consume, or simply hot between worlds. Of course, uh, Depeche Mode's Memento Mori, and the legendary Iggy Pop's latest uh, Every Loser. Then in episode 208, Andy introduced us to emo band Home Is Where, the album called The Wailer. Or that one? The mm. Whaler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wrap you in intestines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude presented the latest from the Foo Fighters, but here we are. And uh, I presented uh, indie supergroup Boy Genius with their first album, The Record. They are still mm. catching fire. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing tons of stuff about them. Yeah, and they just came out with another EP. So today, each of us will present another album from the year 2023. Yeah, so the list is getting longer and longer. It's a, more of a struggle in our first uh, exploration of new releases this year. But as the year goes on, there's more records. So that's always <laughs> It gets nice. easier. Got to like that. So how'd you guys do? Uh, pretty good. I'll throw out a couple of things I've been enjoying uh, besides what we picked. Um, the Pretenders, been around for a little while now, put out a really good record called Relentless. A couple months ago, sort of a dance-orientated record from the group Jungle called Volcano. Been enjoying that. Kind of like a singer-songwriter folk record from Matt Maltese called Driving Just to Drive. I think that's pretty high quality. He needs to have an album called Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> the Maltese Falcon. Very funny. I'm getting my hip-hop fix from Offset, if you remember him from the group Migos. He has a oh, solo yeah. product out called Set It Off, which is uh, pretty fun. That was like mumble rap or something, right? Yes, exactly. I got broads in Atlanta. Wow, you're, you're a virtuoso. <laughs> <laughs> no, very good, Don. 
right. Well, uh, I actually was was listening to to records from from older artists. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Public Image Limited. Uh, that's um, Johnny Lydon, famously of the Sex Pistols. Um, but you know, he's been with Public Image Limited for what forty years. Uh, their album, their most recent album, is actually pretty good. Uh, End of World. Do you guys remember the band Teenage Fan Club? They were out yep. in the, the early 90s. So they're still going. Uh, their album, uh, Nothing Lasts Forever, is decent. I thought that was a cool band name then, but now that they're in their 50s, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to mention uh, a- an interesting project from Duran Duran. It just came out this week. A Halloween-themed album called Dance Macabre actually features just like two new songs, um, some remakes of old songs of theirs that kind of have like a, high, uh, a Halloween or horror tie-in uh, and then some covers of uh, of sort nice. of Halloween-y songs. So. Yeah, I bet I bet Simon Levon could make uh, Monster Mash sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I went back to the the well of older artists to some degree as well. Uh, Extreme, the, the 80s, 90s, funky metal band, I guess. More than yeah. words. Yes. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, singing, uh, no, okay. Um, and then I went with Brant Cobb. I looked at Southern Star, his new album this year. It's kind of interesting. I didn't uh, dig in too deep, but he's a country artist that was kind of very rootsy earlier on, and this has more, uh, I don't know, not dance, but it's up-tempo. It's interesting. Mm, um, interesting. The Lemon Twigs, Everything Harmony, uh, a indie duo, been around a little while, Brothers, Oh, and the Rival Sons, who have been around since like 2008 or so, they have released two albums this year, Dark Fighter and Lightbringer, which just came out this past week. I am still trying to reconcile those two companion pieces, so I made a different choice. All right, let's get to them choices. You choo-choo choose me? But it was incidents in the life of a slave girl that I was drawn to, and I was fascinated by her story. Fascinating. It's fascinating. Love those British accents. All right, so for my new release selection here, we're talking about Corinne Bally Ray and her fourth studio album entitled Black Rainbows. Corinne Bally Ray is a singer-songwriter from Leeds, England. Uh, this record is inspired, as we heard by the clip there, by an art exhibit that she had seen in Chicago about black history. Uh, she said that the exhibit summoned thoughts about slavery, spirituality, beauty, survival, hope, and freedom. And that is what the album is loosely based on. Let's play a clip from Peach Velvet Sky. that, Tori Amos. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> your face! That song in particular, I think, is is pretty hard-hitting in terms of the content. It's about a, a slave who was kind of forced to, or a slave on the run who was kind of forced to uh, hide in this small area and kind of peek through a, a peephole on the door where she could kind of just see a, a hint of the, the peach-colored sky. Yeah, so it's a pretty interesting record. It's it's quite diverse in terms of the the sounds and genres covered by Miss Ray. Yeah, um, a lot of R and B, as we heard there. Um, she definitely has a singer songwriter element to her, but there's tracks that are pretty heavy into garage rock and some psychedelic pop, and even some kind of jazz experimentations happen throughout here. 
The three words I used to describe this record are raise colorful blackness. I was pretty surprised by by this record, and you know, I'd heard some of her previous albums, and the, they're a little more uh, kind of like sultry R&B was how I describe her uh, output to this point. But this is a pretty diverse collection. I guess she was in a, a punk rock band before she was kind of stuck out on her on her uh, solo career, and uh, yeah, it shows here. I was I was impressed particularly by those kind of more rocking tracks. Yeah, why don't we play one of those more upbeat kind of garage rock punk? kind of sounding tracks now. This is a New York Transit Queen. Bit of, bit of a change of pace there, yeah. John. <laughs> yeah, when that first uh, when that song first came out, I'm like, what the hell am I listening to? <laughs> I should have reminded me. I thought it was like Hollaback Girl or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the many left turns on this album. Yeah, it's it's really all over the place. Um, but that song, that that one actually grew on me, like despite it's like kind of silly, oh Mickey, you're so fun, you're so you know, like that kind of <laughs> d- delivery. Yeah, totally. The hand claps. It lyrically it, it kind of has like a, a Lou Reed urban poet vibe or something like that, that New mm. York City transit thing. There's a playfulness to this record, right? So it's obviously, I mean, we talked about there's some serious themes, but there's still, um, there's some fun going on. And, and that's, that's one of the, the fun tracks there. And also kind of hints at her sort of punk rock past, uh, I think. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the three words I, I chose to describe the album are had no clue. I remember like in the first decade of the 2000s, maybe watching VH1 or something, there was like a big marketing campaign for her when that what was the song, put, put your records on or something. Like just at the time, I sort of dismissed it. And, um, yeah, I, I just was not interested at all. And so when, when Andy chose this, I'm like, oh, you know, oh, great. But yeah, I mean, not, not what I expected at Fair all. Enough. You know, it's, it, it's everywhere and it's it's interesting you know I mean she really has an edge to her that, that I didn't expect it reminded me of you know people like Bjork you know who also is sort of like kind of a queen of uh, eclectic sounding things mm. but yeah it's got it's got some punk rock uh, it's got the R&B it's got some dance it's got some jazz it's um yeah it's a it's a it's a really interesting record even that that last track which is kind of strange um is it before the throne of an invisible god yeah kind of had like a a nina simone vibe i I thought Mm -hmm. Um, interesting yeah definitely uh just an unexpected uh experience this this album i did not make the put your records on connection i remember that song now that you mention it but yeah, she's been around for a little while. This makes yeah. this even more interesting. I assumed this was a young up and comer in the in the scene. So I guess that explains some of the maturity actually in in the way that these songs are constructed and the the lyrics and the way that the the theme is woven. So that makes a little more sense to me. Yeah, so, I mean the theme I would say is loosely woven throughout a handful of the tracks here. There are a good number of tracks that are more like traditional in terms of their singer-songwriter content. One of those tracks, play a little clip from here. This is called He Will Follow You With His Eyes. Smoldering in my plum red lipstick, my black hair. I enjoyed that song. It's interesting. And I think that one does actually 
have the theme in it in that uh, it seems like the lyrics are pointing out that you don't need to conform to what media, magazines, Instagram, whatever defines an attractive woman, especially straight hair and things were mentioned. So it feels like a, a white ideal of beauty and yeah. that uh, you don't have to conform to that, but be and embrace yourself you know, wear your hair naturally, wear whatever color lipstick you want to. Don't You don't need to try and be anybody but yourself. I appreciated that. And the end of the song, uh, it, it has that jazzy feel, that Eartha Kit kind of vibe, but then it gets a little, a little more in your face at the end, which I think is interesting as well. The three words I use to describe this album are box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and I did not get what I expected from this. This was, uh, as has been mentioned already, a cornucopia of flavors. You've got some nougat, you've got some caramel, you've got coconut, you've got all the different flavors in your box of chocolates. And uh, I just think it was uh, somehow... Once I got used to it, it fit together. At first, I kept checking Spotify, like, did this switch to a playlist? Because this can't <laughs> still be yeah. on the same album. Right, totally. But yeah, I mean, it's got elements of, like I mentioned, Eartha Kit, but then it's got Kate Bush seasonings mm-hmm. in there. There's just, a, I feel, a lot of influences of strong female artists that did things their own way. And uh, especially now knowing that she came from a kind of more pop VH1 oriented background i appreciate this even more for for its ad, uh, adventurousness adventurosity exactly <laughs> yes that's a good word for this record i think uh kind of a spark of uh creativity here it seems like she went through and uh it's a pretty interesting results so yeah if you have not heard black rainbows from corin belly ray i think it's uh Worth a worth a listen. Double rainbow all the way across the sky. <laughs> I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. If you're enjoying the show, and we sincerely hope you are, do us a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Maybe we made you laugh, or you discovered an album you enjoy. Leaving a review keeps the show going and helps other music fans find us. You got a broken soul and a dusty heart. Jeff, sorry. What, what's up with these lyrics? A d- dusty, dusty road? Were your family Okies? Did they experience the dust bowl? Or? No, they were like upper management. It's not literal dust. <laughs> Okay, so my uh, pick for a, a 2023 album is from Wilco. Uh, the album's called Cousin, which was just released uh, in September. It's the 13th studio album from the American indie rock band based in Chicago, Illinois. Um, Wilco is mainly a vehicle for singer-songwriter Jeff Tweedy, born Jeffrey Scott Tweedy in Belleville, Illinois in 1967. Let's hear the closing cut. Actually, this is meant to be. like 70s rock radio mm. uh actually uh my wife mentioned george harrison kind of a george harrison yeah. vibe there yeah yeah i'd see that now yeah. yeah i didn't pick that out right away but yeah the, you know it's a pretty f- straightforward kind of moody pop song it's a you know i think it's a beautiful love song even though the lyrics are are simple you know we 
you know, we're meant to be. Um, I don't know. You can still do a love song without it feeling trite. Um, so, you know, Tweety does a, a good job there. Uh, the three words I, I chose to describe the album are dreamy, moody pop. And, you know, when I think about my own tastes, that's kind of where I live and, you know, what I what I prefer. I just love this kind of, you know, simple, moody pop or like it seemingly simple, but always, you know, just very carefully arranged and, and thoughtful, kind of a muted or subdued album, uh, I would say. I, I actually saw Wilco open for R.E.M. In, in 1999, and I remember just being kind of underwhelmed and bored by them. And I've always kind of been that felt that way about them. I, I got into that <laughs> album, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, back in 2002, and, yeah. and I liked it. But I just never really connected with them. And maybe it's just like his his voice or something. I, I just was just always left a little bored by Wilco. And this is really the first album of theirs that is that is really connected with me. <laughs> Interesting. Well, what are, what about that whole alt-country alt movement that came from Sunvolt and uh, – what was the band that Uncle Tupelo? Yeah. That kind of started it all. Were you into that sound at all? Because it- Yes. I mean, I like that overall alt-country sound, but I, I even like with the Jayhawks and stuff, those records, mm-hmm. I always kind of lose interest, right? It, you know, I just kind of get bored with them. Well, yeah, it always sort of has a, like a coffee shop bookstore feel. Yeah, it does. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this album uh, was produced by Kate Laban. Uh, no relation to Simon to Simon Laban. Too bad. Yeah. Welsh artist. Um, yeah, apparently, you know, the band didn't really plan on choosing an, uh, an outside producer, but you know, I think she had a, a unique uh, approach, which I, I guess you know really you know brought out a, uh, an interesting album from them. Well, let's let's hear more. Here's a song called Pittsburgh. That would make a great Valentine's Day card. (laughs) All right, so Pittsburgh. Maybe it's just about Pittsburgh. Maybe not. It seems to have themes of introspection, confronting your own fears, like Eva mentions, being afraid to sing, you know, uh, even after all these years, the, the doubting yourself even when you're an established artist. And everyone has that, whether you're an established professor or an established whatever the hell I am um, or artist <laughs> like Andy, you still, there are times where you're like, do I, do I really know what I'm doing here? And I, I kind of like that, that he's still thinking about that after all these records. And then the line, I've outlived my dreams, kind of implies, at least to yeah. me, that he's got, like, he's still doing this thing. They're still making music, and the, the dreams have already been fulfilled, but uh, continuing to come. Yeah. Uh, that's the way I saw it anyway. That's heavy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like cloud cover. <laughs> uh, the th- <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so the three words I used to describe this album are for a rainy day. This would have been perfect for a Rainy Day album Mm -hmm. show Mm -hmm. uh, a few months back. It just, and I think Wilco in general has kind of taken that on, as we kind of alluded to earlier, where they do have that sort of contemplative or contemplative, (laughs) however you like to say it, where they have this sort of um, thinking man's rock thing going on where everything is a, a little cerebral. Sometimes it feels forced cerebral which i think is part of what the appeal is to people who really love this where it's kind of like you know the wilco fans and i have been one kind there's a tiny bit of 
oh well if they if someone doesn't like it well you don't get it you know there's sort of that <laughs> element to it it's, it's a little bit of snootiness yeah, yeah a little bit just a touch N- nothing overbearing yeah. um this is more compelling for me than anything since sky blue sky of 2007 they've had quite a few albums in between there i did not fully engage with this album and although i didn't really get a chance to get as deep as i would like i want to continue to listen to it um there's something there i just didn't get enough listens in to put my finger on it well let's uh let's hear some more this is soldier child Now I hear John Lennon, so yeah, now that's that's going to be the sticking point through my my future listens of this album. Yeah, lots of Beatles tie-ins here, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, that track. That's I was going to say it's more it sounds more like Klaatu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Klaatu. that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Soldier Child. There's a really like most of the album, a really crushingly kind of sad, melancholy song. The touch of uh, some interesting production there, so. The three words I used to describe this album are masters of a little, not that they're <laughs> not masterful, but I think it's all those little touches like I oh, earlier. Yes. Like these songs are, are deceptively simple, but there's just enough to them to really make you kind of like want to peel at the edge a little bit to figure out, you know, what's, what's inside. So would um, you say that they're focused on all the small things? Nice. Oh, gosh, another Blink-182 <laughs> reference on the show. <laughs> no, they, I mean, Wilco's just like kind of a magical band. That I don't, it's like, there's definitely something to them. It always kind of amazes me in how they can produce like such a simple record, but then it becomes memorable for me like after a couple of listens. So yeah, I was, I was pretty into this one as well. I think, um, yeah, surprisingly, we picked all pick songs from the end of the record, but I thought the beginning was actually pretty strong too. Yeah. In terms of some some good melodies and some catchy some catchy moments, I almost went with the opening track, but the one I picked supported my three words. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Kate LeBond's production, I you know I didn't I was I listened to a few of her solo records, so I had an idea of what her music sounds like, and didn't didn't really translate directly into this record. Though there's a few moments where you can kind of hear some of the shimmery things that maybe she she added or. Or took out from the mix. But yeah, overall, I, you know, I did, I did enjoy this record. I think it's, they've been on a good run. I, I've enjoyed quite a few of the records over the last 10 years or so, in my opinion. Jeff is still pretty, uh, pretty active and doing some interesting stuff. Well, wasn't that opening clip that we played, wasn't that Kate giving some direction to Jeff during the recording of this album? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so my pick from 2023 was Wilco's cousin. <laughs> What's their Some name? Some band should have the name Wilco's cousin. Wilco's, yeah, let's go. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Now, deep questions by Don. So it's uh, it's Halloween time. So here's your holiday. Remember that one? That was no. Blink One Eighty Two. Hope you enjoy this time. You gave it all away. Remember, it was Why like about it? it was about the, like their parents getting yeah, divorced or something. That's deep. 
How come I like have the best command of their catalog? That said? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. I think it's because you have the best command of mimicking a childlike voice. For yeah. the, uh... <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's it's Halloween time, uh, and here in, in 2023, there's some uh, horror movies uh, at the box office. There's a, another Exorcist movie. I think it's called Believe, the sequel to The Nun, um, Saw 10. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so, um, exactly. So it's like Fast and the Furious of horror movies. <laughs> uh, so, how do you guys feel about horror films, and and what are your what are your favorites? Uh, I love horror movies; are definitely one of my go to genres and film. Uh, so, yeah, my wife and I we do we try to do every night in October try and watch another horror movie. We watched all of the Conjuring and Insidious movies this year, which there are I think seven or eight total combined into. Oh franchises um among that bunch i'd recommend the conjuring one is a pretty pretty freaky film if you guys haven't seen that yeah it's a good one the second one's okay too yeah all, of all those series get progressively worse generally as you the further you get from the original one <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I i enjoy uh horror movies oh you a bad word horror, <laughs> <laughs> horror movies one of my favorites is John Carpenter's The Thing with Kurt Russell, uh, 1980, I think. I just like the feel of it. I mean, some of the special effects are awesome. Know, they are for the time, <laughs> uh, but the 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 dogs mutating, oh, I yeah. feel like, could be a little better. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad to, you know, at least it's clearly puppet dogs and you don't have the fear that any dogs were harmed in the filming of this movie. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I like the classic stuff, you know, your your Friday the 13th and that kind of stuff more than the modern. Uh, Exorcist is probably the only movie that truly creeps me out. So I don't really get scared. Like the jump scares don't work on me. So unless it's kind of like outlandishly stupid and therefore funny or really smart story, I, I don't do a lot of horror movies these days but I, I like horror related tv shows like the walking dead and things like that well yeah i uh i actually go further back than that for for classics uh so in the the 50s 60s and 70s there were two british film studios uh hammer hammer films or hammer productions and amicus productions they do a lot of um you know fun movies uh, from from that era uh, Hammer does uh, a Dracula series of films starring uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Oh, yeah. Also Frankenstein. And so, uh, you know, I try to watch all of those in that era. Um, and Peter Cushing, I mean, just just watch his films. Uh, he's in a lot of bad ones, but they're still worth watching because <laughs> his performances are, are amazing. He's a really um, underrated actor. And, uh, of course, people know him as, uh, what was it, the Grand Moth Talk? What was this character in Star Wars? <laughs> From Star Tar Wars. Tarkin. Yeah. Something like that. Tarkin. He's the guy with the sunken in cheeks. <laughs> yes. Okay. What are your favorite horror films? Let us know. Hit us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. Also on Discord, albumnerds.com slash Discord. Hey, guys. I'm Zach Bryan. Didn't mean to be a musician, you know? It's like it's really beautiful what happened with like just writing songs and stuff. For them to turn into something is like more than I could ever ask for. So we're going to be talking about the uh, country music darling, Zach oh. Bryan. Zachary Lane <laughs> Bryan, born April 2nd, 1996. Isn't that a clothing store? Lane Bryan, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we need a T on the end of Bryan. Uh, that's <laughs> yes, right. Well, his fashion fortune is what set him up for his music uh, career. I see. I see. He uh, hails from Oolaga, Oklahoma, I think. 
Uh, he was born in Okinawa, Japan, while his family was stationed overseas with the Navy and then uh, grew up in, in Oklahoma. His parents were both uh, Navy people. I think his dad was a master chief, and he was actually in the Navy for eight years and started his music career by just uh, on his off nights, writing his songs, playing them on like Twitter or whatever, putting videos on Instagram and just for fun. And it it turned into something. All right, so we're going to play a song from this self-titled album, Zach Bryan, which was released in August of this year, 2023. Let's listen to a little bit of Summertime's Close. There ain't no cure for the summertime's close. <laughs> Is there a cure for your incessant singing? <laughs> no. Good. <laughs> Ever breathe a breath as fresh as you? I've seen children playing on the coastlines Under the white lines atop the blue tides But I ain't ever been baptized In water as cool as you so that kind of, that song showcases what Zach Bryan does, which is deliver poetic verses with nice little uh, metaphors and and lines, but then using his sort of understated vocals and then kind of bursting mm-hmm. forward with some emotion. Yeah. So uh, Summertime's Close focuses on nostalgia, recollections of a past relationship, and uh, I think he kind of compares the freshness and purity uh, of the relationship at the the beginning stages to a breath of fresh air. And uh, I like the use of baptism, being Mm. baptized in the cool waters and all that stuff. I'm going to describe this album in three words and just say the real deal. I mean, the guy The guy has had this meteoric rise from 2017 when he started on social media. His first album was 2019, self-produced, and then uh, by, the, by 2021, he's at the Grand Ole Opry. He was honorably discharged from the Navy, kind of like Elvis was from the Army. And, he, and, and this is his fourth studio album now. So he started in 2017 from nothing and has four studio albums. Yeah. Talk about a meteoric rise. Holy cow. So why don't we listen to another track? This one is called East Side of Sorrow. Pretty fun. Uh driving melody on that track yeah no, it's at the an original sound but i think he does it does it well there three words i use to describe this album are zach pulls up a chair i feel like he's really kind of become part of that you know upper echelon of of country music or at least this the style of country music slash americana and this record really seems to solidify his position there I think it's a pretty, pretty strong, pretty strong record overall. It's very consistent in tone and quality. Uh, he really does have that sort of poetic, sort of uh, you know, simple truths uh, nature to his songwriting, which I think works really well. Cowboy poet kind of a thing. Cowboy poet. That's right. Yeah. The record isn't nearly as like raw and bare as I think we reviewed that Deanna record quite a while ago which was yeah the first very one. stark yep. um this is a much larger sounding affair and quite a few big names featured on some tracks here casey musgraves lumineers etc but it feels very much like a zach bryant record like you don't really hear a lot from those individuals yeah probably my biggest critique would be it's kind of samesy for a fairly lengthy record there's not you know not a lot of variety in terms of you know the, the instruments being used, or there's not a lot of change in his voice from track to track. Yeah, 
I think he writes songs and just records them and gets them out there. Like I don't, I don't know how constructed anything is just yet. Who knows what the future holds? This dude's really young and can pretty much make anything he wants at this point. But for now, it seems like he just goes through his notebook of lyrics. I've got seventeen here. I'm going to do seventeen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Put them together in an album and yep. press it. Yeah, I mean, good on you, man. If you can just pump out this kind of quality, I think uh, I think you should keep doing it. <laughs> Self-produced, yeah. All right, so why don't we get into another track? I remember everything. I wish I didn't, but I do remember every moment of the nights with you. Cold shoulder and closing time, you need to stay till the sun yeah, so that's a, a, a song that was co-written uh, and also features Casey Musgraves. I believe that song's uh, quite popular in, in country radio a, at the moment. Seems like the, the, it's a, a conversation between like two former lovers. You know, you're getting a unique perspective from from each person. Seems like alcohol <laughs> is, is involved in the in the story there. So um, yeah, kind of a, a cool kind of uh, darker uh, duet. And the you know the, again the the arrangement or the the instrumentation. Is, is quite simple, you know. I think it's just acoustic guitar, and then there's some some strings in there, uh, which is you know uh, typical of the the whole album. The the three words I, I chose to describe the album are dreamy, moody, country. Right, so basically the same as Wilco, just switched out the pop for for country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so again, you know, this is the this is the verse the version of of country that that I like best. Kind of a simpler presentation, yet there's sort of subtle things uh, underneath that that make it interesting. There are a, a few times on the record where you know I'm like, oh, that's a that's a cool drum part there, or a cool drum sound. There's a little interesting bass line, you know, that's you know not um, obvious in the mix, but there's there's some cool things going on when you uh, when you listen closer. And Don, have you listened to some of the older records? I haven't. Yeah. No, this is my first uh, experience with him. It's definitely getting more full as he goes on, and, okay. and he's doing this by himself. I, I can't imagine that. Like, I just feel like a rock record, a, a, a Americana rock record, is on its way. There's some yeah. more rock elements here than I've heard in his previous uh, recordings. I could see that that East Side of Sorrow song kind of getting the like the Springsteen treatment. Yeah, kind of, mm, kind yeah. of felt that. Yeah, way. it feels like it's right on the edge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, you know, this, I mean, I, I hate, you know, I mean, I, I think I'm always comparing, you know, uh, country songwriters to, to Johnny Cash, but, right. um, it does remind me of sort of the, the American recordings, particularly American four and five, where there's a, there's a much darker vibe. And, uh, of course, you know, he, he was in the Navy. Johnny Cash was in the, in the Air Force. Uh, so, you know, lots of, lots of parallels there. I mean, this is an interesting time in country music, and I think it might already be happening where you're kind of getting a split, you know, between sort of that, you know, basically like the, the stuff fueled by the, by Nashville and, right. and, uh, country radio, you know, that's catering to a certain audience. And then you've got these other artists that, you know, are starting to be labeled with that, like Americana. Yep. Um, well, thing. and now ra country radio is having to react to that. And it kind of started a little bit with Chris Stapleton, but I feel like the way that, that Zach broke organically on his own without Nashville's help in any way, um, I yeah. think has opened the floodgates for other artists that are being discovered on TikTok and stuff now because of this. And uh, Grady Smith is a guy who has a YouTube channel about country music. He used to be a, a reviewer for Entertainment Weekly. And he 
calls this country music's nirvana moment where hmm. this artist or band comes out of nowhere with the influences of the past it put together in a new way without support of traditional radio or anything and changes the face of what popular country music is right now. One thing I'll mention for those who haven't heard his older records, Smaller Acts, track 15, sounds a lot like some of the older stuff. Uh, you can hear birds in the background and he cracks up a little bit from all the background noise and it it's very you hear all the ambient sounds it sounds like someone just recording mm. a song out by a campfire and uh i i don't think that'll ever leave his repertoire i think that's part of who he is as an artist his voice is more is less like garth brooks or kenny chesney um blake shelton right. style it's more from that like folk style of what well, like the lumineers and what mumford and sons like you know that mm -hmm. that that delivery or that accent is is more of of that style but it sounds less suburban <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah i think a lot more interesting yes than yeah. Yeah. No, no I, agree. I agree all right so country superstar also appears on yellowstone that's how you know they've made it uh <laughs> zach bryan go check out the self-titled album zach bryan and uh, the whole discography, really, but he doesn't hold back. He just record. I think he records everything he's got. So they're all a little lengthy, but they're all enjoyable listens. He's a pleasure to uh, take in. That's Zach Bryan with Zach Bryan. Country boy, I love you. <laughs> all right. Well, we uh, are just wrapping up our third episode devoted to music from 2023. What have we learned? Well, I mean, I think with these three records, we got a pretty interesting smattering of what's going on. You know, with new releases, they're always a little bit hit or miss. I mean, the quality level is much lower than what we talk about on the show normally. But I think overall, I mean, I was pretty impressed with that Zach Bryan record, just among the three as being kind of a cohesive whole. But yeah, I think new music is a pretty good year for new, new music, in my opinion. We got... Uh, a good variety of pretty high quality stuff coming out. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? It's hard to tell when you're right in the midst of it sometimes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to sum up 2023 in total just yet. And you know, there's albums I didn't even mention that I considered that might appear at the end of the year, but it's always, it's more work and then, than listening to the stuff you like or going back to the past or things that are somewhat familiar and I think we talk about this every time, but it's worth it for all you listeners out there that, you know, kind of stick to what you were listening to when you were a kid or it's worth it. Go mining, go looking for, for stuff at least once in a while, go to album of the year com or something and, and just check out a few records, you know, and see what you find. Yeah. And there's something special about finding new releases are good. I mean, there's just something cool about liking something when it's actually happening. The other people are discovering at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's fun to go back to when Metallica was at their peak or something, but it's cooler to like Metallica <laughs> when they're at their peak. Yeah. I mean, they have right. an album this year I didn't even mention. It's like a thousand years long and <laughs> sounds like Metallica, but doesn't, uh, yeah. you know. It's kind of like, uh, you know, everybody's watching like a TV show together at the same time and experiencing whatever the storyline is. It's kind of on the same page yeah, with everybody is. else. And that's one to grow on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your density. I mean, your destiny.
Alright boys and girls, gather around. It is that time once again. Put our fate in the hands of a robot. Let's get that wheel of musical <laughs> destiny out here and see what she has in store for us for next week. Your musical destiny will take you to the cinema, or as you might say, the movies. You will be exploring albums featuring songs that played a big role in the movies. Make some popcorn and enjoy. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I'm going to do some thinking about that one. So, uh, one example I can think of is old-time rock and roll, right? In Risky Business. Yeah, there are definitely some iconic songs that are a big part of movies. Cool. Should be fun. Yeah, so a quick reminder, you can go to our website, albnerds.com, to submit your ideas for the Wheel of Musical Destiny. Fill out our little form there, and we'll consider them for a future episode. Uh, we don't have any ongoing Album Nerds Hall of Fame voting going on, but if we did, that's where it would be, too. Right. What's your favorite song from a movie? What kind of candy are you giving out on Halloween? Let us know. Join fellow Album Nerds on Discord at albumnerds.com slash Discord. You can email us at podcast at albumnerds.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Album Nerds. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at albumnerds.com slash support. Thank you for joining us here on the Album Nerds Podcast. We'll catch you next time with some movie music. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. I think you did that before. Werewolves of London. Come on, Andy, get in. It was a graveyard smash. <laughs> 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 <laughs>